with 2024 around the corner, if not already by the time you are listening or watching this, there is a missing element that most content creating entrepreneurs are not including in their business. Now, regardless of if you are more into the service-based industry or a product-based industry, you are likely gonna be promoting something in this next year. Well, in this episode, I wanna be diving through the main elements, why you need to be recording native B-roll for your business. And not only why you should be recording native B-roll for your business, but why it's gonna be vital for your 2024 strategy and some of my best tips on how to record yourself, especially as a solo content creating entrepreneur, especially because of how busy you are. So let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to the Video Simplify podcast, where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategies to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified Podcast with me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. I'm very excited to talk about this week's episode about recording native B-roll in your business, especially moving into this next year. Right now, we are deep into promotion season and that will continue into the first quarter of 2024. And even if you're listening to this way after that, this will still be relevant. Most people don't even think about recording B-roll of themselves. They think I have to have like the Gary V and D-Rock model of somebody follow me, follow me around with the camera and then I'll get B-roll of me doing stuff. And that may be at a later stage in the business when you can afford to have somebody or maybe you specifically hire them out maybe to catch you at an event or something like that, then at that point, you know, it, it makes sense. But that is not the only time that you need to have B-roll, nor is it the only time that you need to be using B-roll in your business. If you want to get more speaking engages, you want to be on more podcasts, if you want to get more clients, if you want to get better sales even for your products, you need native B-roll. It is the missing element that a lot of people do not think about. When you look at a lot of the major issues surrounding like why only using third party stock footage, which is the one category, and I say native or natural B-roll, and that's you doing your stuff, and it's stuff that you've actually recorded. Doesn't mean you personally, but it's stuff of you, not necessarily of some random brand person that otherwise in the world doesn't exist in your real life scope. They are somebody you see on Storyblocks or what have you. And that's the problem. Everybody and their mother has access to Storyblocks. And it's really only a few companies that are around there that have, you know, really good third party B-roll content that you could leverage. And that's like Storybox, Motion Array, um, even Artlist is recently going into the B-roll industry and stuff like that. But everybody's library is in vast. And I think probably Storybox has the best handle on it. And then you have uh, different photo based companies like Unsplash, you have Pexels, and there's a handful of good uh, stock footage websites for like if you're an African-American or a black or a person of color. And I specifically like to use black illustrations, nappy.co, and then one that I recently came across called Mocha Stock that I, I like a lot. And that's cool because especially if your ideal target audience is someone that is a person of color or they're black, then it makes sense for you to have stuff that's representative of the market. And that is the key. When you are marketing and you have something that looks like everybody, it's not, still it's not attracting the right person because they don't see themselves represented in the marketing material. It's kind of corny and as country as it sounds, when you think about 
like the early 2000s marketing model for McDonald's. And they came out with the phrase dollar millionaire, corny as hell, but everybody was singing the jingles and they started to do. And again, again, this is a, you can tell it was in certain regions in certain areas or what have you predominantly black market, certain channels, certain times, certain stations, they aired, you would see black people in the marketing. It would be more of a hip hop type vibe to it. And they talked about stuff that was on the dollar menu that they were putting in certain regions. And if you don't know, when you go to a place like a McDonald's in the Eastern region versus the West coast region versus what they have down South, the menu varies. Even when you go to other countries, the menu vary. And I like this a lot, specifically in recent marketing, you'll see people representative of that market, same copy, same elements, and they'll make small changes, but it'll be different people that speak to who they want to buy, where it's being aired. The same is true with your business and your social media marketing and whatever it is that you're doing. And when you're specifically talking to your ideal target audience, that ITA or your avatar on your YouTube videos, same rules apply. If you're stuck using just because the content, like if I say podcasting, just because four people that have an example of podcast of your ideal target audience, that doesn't work. And that looks real corny to keep using the same stuff. Cause guess what? Everybody else in their mother is using the same stuff. Cause everybody has access to the same third party sites. So those same shots start to become more or less rather relevant. And you notice that they kind of, those are parts that are a bit more ignorable. Doesn't make the video quote unquote less good or any less good, but it does start to become something that you become a little bit more numb to even subconsciously. It's the same as when you hear people say like, share, subscribe on YouTube, even though they've given you zero value, it's the first three seconds of the video. And you're like, why? Furthermore, you're not even asking yourself why it just is ignorable. It's not even going in one ear out the other. It just is hitting a brick wall. It's going nowhere. That's not what we want in the visual marketing for our business. And when you think about video, especially for when you own a business, videos are the, the visual aspect of copywriting in action. So if we're doing all this work, investing in all these AI tools and all these copywriting services and tools and stuff like that to make sure the written area of the marketing makes good, just about every landing page for any marketer, for any business has a video associated with it because it incre increases the audience retention rate and the way that people consume stuff. Cause you'll click on a landing page for anything. The video starts playing with audio or at least with captions. And as you continue to scroll down, most of the time it's with audio on the landing pages and people are skip scanning and scrolling, looking at the major headlines of the copy on that sales page, just to see what it's about. Is this specific to me? Do they have the stuff that I want? They're still listening to the video. They're still listening to the copy. And if this good, then they're watching the copy in the sales video. And so whether they start that video over or they're watching it because they're really engaged and hooked in what you're talking about, the copy is working. So remember the video is the visual copywriting in action. Here's the thing, the way you start to cut through and have your stuff do a much better job than a bunch of jump, jump cuts, uh, a bunch of changes in music or whatever the case is, and not just having to have somebody try to stay locked on what you're saying only, have native B-roll for the parts where it makes sense.
So when I say native B-roll, here are some of the shots and the stuff that you would need. When you think about what it is that you do, again, whether it's product or service-based, it doesn't matter. You still need the native and that natural B-roll of you doing your thing. This could be recording YouTube videos, recording vertical videos, you're on stage giving a presentation, chatting with people after your talk, working in your office, you're on a Zoom call or a conference call, you're speaking with clients, you're giving interviews, you're being featured on YouTube channels, you're journaling, you're typing, you're creating and working to build your physical and digital products, you name it, you should have B-roll of you doing this stuff because you probably are doing it every week and for sure every month you're coming across all of these different elements in your content. And no matter how busy you are, I want you to remember this is B-roll, not A-roll. Me talking on camera right now, like if you're listening to a podcast, then you're not hearing anything else, but there is an audio version of B-roll as well. When you listen to a site like NPR and they will have, they're talking about an interview that they did and then they'll describe it, talk about it, give the circumstances. Maybe you hear some environmental noises like birds or if they're talking about a zoo, you'll hear kind of like zoo stuff. And then maybe it's an interview with a specific zoo handler or whatever, and they're talking about the recent attraction or a new attraction coming, then it cuts over to the interview. That would be that audio type B-roll. So even if you're a podcaster or you're doing audio books or whatever, you still can do elements of B-roll and stuff like that. But when you think about visual wise, that's just you recording you. You don't have to stop the normal course of your business. So let's talk about why going into 2024, you need to start introducing this even more into your video marketing strategy and even not on my notes here. It's because most of your other competitors in your industry, your niche, they aren't doing this. It's not until you get to a level where you do hire a dedicated videographer person or at certain times when you hire somebody, then you see like the special couple times a year talk maybe that you do or something, then you see them get other B-roll clips and stuff like that. That's once a year. And then you don't have anything else. You just have you. That's not enough. So number one, guaranteed you're going to be launching a product or a service in this next year. Guaranteed you're going to have some brilliant idea and B-roll of you doing your stuff needs to be uh, an element of that. Number two, you're going to have promotional content that's necessary in your launch strategy that you're going to need this stuff for. It's not just for the ads and all of that, but think about your regular videos that you post on your channel outside of the, the ad. Okay. This could be Instagram ad or whatever, or a regular YouTube ad, Google ad. It doesn't matter. Some type something, even if you're just posting this on your Instagram or LinkedIn feed, when you are mentioning this and you're referring to it in a video, you should have relevant B-roll to talk about what you're describing. So it's not just to make your YouTube videos better, which it will. It's also to have both sides of the coin from the free content in your value ladder all the way up to the paid content to get more paying clients, to get people into your courses and get more people into your memberships and all the stuff. You have both sides of the coin or both sides of the equation essentially fulfilled. The other thing is that this makes your life easier when it comes, when you're not in the middle of a launch, you're not thinking of how can I better prepare for my next launch? You're thinking about whatever is on your plate at the moment. This is starting to think ahead and pre-plan and really stay focused on the business, not just from the admin side of it. Cause it's not until you get ready to do a promotion, then you think, oh crap, what sales videos do we need? What promotional videos do we need? How should we segment this in the podcast? How should we segment this in the YouTube videos? It's too late. Cause now you got to play catch up 
to when you could have got this stuff done six, 12, three months ago, a month ago, even just having a little bit of foresight and just doing a little bit of planning. Now, the next thing is to make sure that you're recording better native B-roll than just something that's just like the same old, same old, or you only got like one or two clips or whatever. This expands your library of B-roll, which we'll talk about in a second. But let me tell you how you can get this done. Number one, think about your busiest day and your busiest week. This is the best time to get B-roll. Sounds counterproductive, I understand. Sounds like it's gonna be in the way. It is not, let me show you how we do this. Number one, you wanna prep for your commonly used spaces in advance. This is like 20, 30, maybe 40 minutes, just depending on how many it is or how many angles you can think about. Don't just think from eye level uh, or, or, or so, think at the wide, medium, and close up type focal ranges. So close up would be a close up of me typing on my keyboard and all you see is my hands and something like that in the desk. And then you see like whatever in the background, or it could be me writing and you see the pen and the paper. That's a close up shot. A wide up shot is like, it's on the other side of the room. Maybe it is on a tripod, maybe on a, it's on a desk. And so that's a wide shot. A medium shot would be just like what you see now. It's like maybe from the waist on up and that's all that you see. And you probably already have everything that you need to do this. So I want to pre-plan and think about those shots in advance and just look at based on where I usually work, where I'm going to sit, not making new spaces, but just looking at what I'm already doing. Where are the angles potentially? This is easier to show yourself on a camera to take your smartphone and sit it up to see what that shot looks like. If you like it, take a picture of it so you can know that that's the angle, or you can put a piece of gaffer's tape on your desk or something so you know that's the angle. Even if it's on the floor, put a piece of gaffer's tape. I like to go a little bit gutter and I'll put like a Sharpie. So even though you mop over the floor and all that, the Sharpie won't come up. If you need to get that off, you can just use like rubbing alcohol and that works great. And so I'll mark, I put a piece of marker so I know, put the tripod leg here, put the you know mini vlogging tripod on the desk here, so I can replicate uh, that shot. I wanna use stuff that I don't have to dismantle my existing stuff and just use extra stuff that I probably already have lying around. The tripod it up, I upgraded from the first thing you ever bought or something simple like an Amazon Basics tripod that's like 16 bucks, weighs nothing, takes up no space and easy to use. Maybe not your daily driver, but it could be. But you know, it's something that's cheap enough that you could just get another one of, it's like 13 bucks. Then you may have a tabletop tripod. Like I love the Manfrotto Pixie. I uh, just recently upgraded to um, a different one that's a little bit taller. And so I'll use that one. It's like the Mantis Pod 2.0 or something like that. Cause it's plastic and it's light uh, instead of the metal version. That was like the first one. And I can use it, can set it real flat or I can make it taller and it's taller than the Manfrotto Pixie. It works great. Top of my laptop is an angle because I don't have to think about if the lens is wide enough, it can just sit on there without a tripod. So I'm thinking about all these different little angles and all I'll do is take a picture, save it to a Google Drive or Dropbox so you know to reference that shot uh, in the beginning. So I'm just taking and looking at what are the different angles. I also um, like to use a tabletop, just thing that stays on clamped to the desk. That never moves, stays in the same spot. So now all I need to do, use my quick release plates, which a lot of you guys know, I use the Ulanzi Quick Claw release plates for the longest, but I recently switched over the last um, month or so to the Falcom F38 ones. And those just slide in instead of having to clamp down because sometimes I don't always get it. But now it just slides in from the front. 
So it's easier to adjust with one hand from the front. So I switched to those just because that small efficiency helps to save more time. So I do that. Um, you can use camera options. I like to use a couple things, a spare phone that you already own, a GoPro. I like to use that because sometimes I can get those unique shots or it makes a shot that's super close, like the laptop sitting in front of me, put the GoPro there on the thing and it works fine. You only need a few minutes. So this is not something that you need to focus on or worry about. You don't need audio for this. This is not something you need to focus on or worry about. Why? Because it's B-roll. So you can get audio if you want to, but I would not stress about that. That's not important. And pro tip, if you mess up the shot, if it's focused on the wrong thing, it's a creative look. If it's overexposed, turn it black and white. There's no way to really make something that's completely unusable. So something where it's focused on the microphone instead of focused on your face, now becomes B-roll and it's great B-roll when you're talking about podcasting. Why? It's focused on the microphone. Doesn't matter that it's not focused on your face. Overexposed or underexposed, turn it black and white. It works great and it has now a stylistic look instead of it being supposedly cinematic or whatever. Especially like you get the white balance like super wrong or whatever. All kinds of stuff happens when you're recording. But this is why you at least figure out the shots ahead, figure out the ideal settings ahead. I'll save it to something like my memory recall settings in my Sony cameras. And that works for me. I like that way better than anything else. The GoPro is like, set it and forget it. The phone is a third option, honestly. My camera is always gonna be the first one because I can just switch it to the vlog-based settings. It looks great. I need to do minimal tweaking and I just set it up. If you wanna set it to manual focus so it stays on a specific area, you can do that, but I don't put too much extra thought into that. The next thing is that on my busiest day, on my busiest day, I'm recording B-roll. Think about it. You are already, your schedule is already everything that you need. You don't need to make up shots. You don't need to pretend to record because quite as kept, people can tell it's fake, right? It's like, you can always tell when somebody's fake in a meeting versus they're actually in a meeting. Like when you look at commercials and infomercials or stuff you watch on YouTube. You can always tell a fake something versus a real thing. So it's just better to actually be recording a video, actually be on a call, actually be laughing because it's so hard to fake laugh instead of just doing the real thing. It's so funny. Um, I just got back my uh, photos that I was taking as Anna Hill. She's amazing. And so she was sent me like, like 50 different photos. And it's funny because I couldn't figure out what to do with my hands trying to pretend to record a video. And then eventually I was like, I should have just actually vlogged and then she could record. You see how my hand is doing stuff. So I was trying to figure out how to do my hand and, and I was thinking of stuff I've seen online. And so my hand looked weird and it looked like I have an imaginary cup, but I don't, <laughs> you know, it's like, it just looked dumb at some point because I'm talking about this, trying to pretend to talk to the camera crack up laughing she's cracking up laughing and those were the better shots of me holding the camera and laughing versus me faking trying to do it and so you can always tell the difference is way more heart sincerity and everybody i showed those photos to they instantly smile and laugh and he's like yeah i like those way better like you can tell it's a big difference even if i don't tell them like like i'll just say here's my recent photo they be like oh i love these they always pick the ones where i'm like laughing mouth wide open it's ridiculous so 
actually show yourself doing the real deal. Now, let's say you have a very long call or a very long set of like back-to-back -back things. You don't have time to play with stuff better. You can now use time lapses. Think about it. You can use a time lapse to showcase your day. You don't have to set it up. It's recording for an hour or two. You can plug up a USB charger. It doesn't matter if the camera dies. Like it literally does not matter. Now, I wish we could time like for, for some cameras, like I know Panasonic, you can start and stop a timer. So that's really cool. I wish more camera brands did this. Um, you also have your smartphone apps, like the new uh, Sony camera apps that have come out and you can control it from there. But what I really like to do is just keep it slightly out of the shot. So if this is my cup here and you can see just now here, it's out of the shot, but it's obviously still within arm's reach. But if I put my camera just slightly out of arm's reach, I can just go and do something like this or keep it like here so you don't see my arm kind of move. And so I'm touching my cup and all this stuff now. You are none the wiser that that's what I'm doing. All I'm doing now, if this is my camera, is starting to stop recording, starting stopping the time lapse or something like that, or turning it off past the point. Because like once I'm recording, I usually forget about it. And then when I see it out the corner of my eye, I'll just hit stop and then turn the camera off. And then that's it until my next segment of work that I'm doing for the day. Even breaks, stuff that you're doing where you finally take the headphones off, put them down, slide back and you're like, oh, finally, or whatever. That could be B-roll of you showing how stressed you are and how annoyed you are. Just like, oh my gosh, like I cannot believe this. Whatever the thing is. That emotion response is something that you could use for native B-roll. Everything's usable. Everything's usable and everything is content. The other thing that I like to do for native B-roll calls um, is make sure that I think about what I have for the day. And again, just plan accordingly. So in between a call, I take my camera. This is my camera. I'm moving it from here to here. That's a new shot. Taking my camera, moving it from here to the computer. You notice how all of these are still within arm's reach, but they are just slightly out of the shot of this camera. So if I'm using this camera, for those of you listening to the podcast, if I'm using the camera that is on my, or set up in the closet and stuff, and it's filming me, the camera that's recording me, whether that be my smartphone or whatever, it's just slightly out of shot. If you do use a smartphone, I don't, I personally don't like smartphone videos and be honest with you, I, I hate them. <laughs> I hate recording with a smartphone every 10 out of 10. I hate recording with a smartphone. I would much rather just have a secondary camera. That's my personal preference because I know exactly how to get the look that I want super quick. The phone, I got to play with settings. It's all touch base. And I'm like, oh, did I press and hold long enough to lock it? Or I got to drag it for this or a pinch. And I'm like, oh, that's pinched in too much. I, like it's too much nitpicky small stuff. I, I hate it personally. But I don't let that stop me from, stop me from getting the shots that I need. So if you have an iPhone, I don't know this for Android. I, I should probably ask some friends that, that have it, um, but all my friends on an iPhone, but <laughs> no, but uh, on the iPhone, and especially if you have the Apple Watch, there is a app called Camera Remote. On the Camera Remote app on your watch, it can control your smartphone. So the rear facing cameras are always gonna be the better cameras on your phone. And on your watch, you can just tap the button it starts recording, you can stop recording and you can see yourself. So those are really great ways to get around some of those things. The only things that I, again, I don't like, and it's super inconvenient. It's the same reason why I don't like cameras that 
don't have a front facing screen of some sort because you can't tell if it stops recording, the memory gets full or whatever. And it could be right at a good point or the B-roll of the call and you'd be like, oh, I hope that was recorded. And it wasn't. Anytime you say, I hope that was recorded, it probably wasn't. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. So you think that your most busiest day is the day you shouldn't do anything extra. I promise you it's the best day to record B-roll. So just remember your daily schedule should dictate what you record. You're doing admin work, record the shots of you typing, of you journaling, replying to emails, working uh, throughout the day, get a time lapse, you playing with your pets to show how you love to take breaks or walking uh, your kids or being at the park with your kids. All that stuff is B-roll that you can showcase, especially think about the products that you offer, the points, uh, pain points that you help to relieve or your products or services help to relieve or address. And you can show those elements as well. You don't have to show your kids face. You can show their feet. You can show, show their hands. You can show the back of their heads. You don't have to show their faces at all. And it still conveys the same things. And you can show from afar. So you don't even have to show the who or the where or any of that stuff. You can still keep it very much so um, easy to still show it a little bit if, if you want to. And a major, major pro tip here is to create a native B-roll library. This is by far one of the best creative decisions that I've made in my business. And that is to the same way you think about the library in something like a story blocks, you need your own library of your own native B-roll stuff. And the way that I order mines is going to be alphabetically based on the manufacturer of the thing. So think about a company like Sony that I talk about a lot is specifically the camera brand uh, that I love to use. And there's all kinds of different models based on all the cameras that I've owned, based on all the different models and stuff like that. We have a folder called Sony, and then we'll have subfolders inside of that, of each model name and all of that. And inside that would be specific features of, you know, certain things, the camera with the lens off the certain like camera, like the ZVE 10 with the lens on or a close up of the button. So the most commonly used things we'll talk about, even my book, the one right video I have of me reading my own book, me flipping the pages. All of this stuff is native B roll. So when it comes to you, even if you're just starting with you, uh, maybe you do a lot of tutorials or doing a lot of coaching, that's fine get stuff of you recording. And the way that I do my stuff that's specific to me, there's a folder called Diana Actions. And so in that folder is a bunch of me doing stuff. Everything that I talked about, you probably saw a video across uh, somewhere in this podcast episode so that you can actually see what I'm talking about. The way we make it easy to find that stuff is to go ahead and name the file so it's not C100203 or storm underscore whatever, you know, whatever, based on the different camera names or how the SD card saves it. We'll rename that file exactly of that thing. Diana holding the Sony ZV-E1, Diana holding the Sony ZV-E10, Diana recording a podcast, Diana speaking on stage at such and such event for the specific year. So when we search for something, all of the trigger words and keywords that will help us find that specific clip again is there. This is something that we update every single week, every single month as we're recording new B-roll clips of different things of me updating stuff. So like there are some things that I was making notes of that we need new B-roll for. And it's like, oh yeah, it's been a while since I've recorded new B-roll for this. So we update this stuff. And guess what? From year 
to year as I change. And especially because like I have dreadlocks, so my hair keeps getting longer. If I was still showing stuff from when I first cut my hair or when I still had a relaxer, people notice old as hell. They'd be like, you got dreadlocks. And everybody made the worst, the worst noise about me still using <laughs> my headshot from 2019. And I finally updated it to one with how my hair is now, the way I look now. And then I even got a recent one updated that Anna took for me at uh, Ecamps Creator Camp of like me with my book and all of that stuff. So, you know, the same way you need to update headshots and all the rest. Granted, like I said, I did a bad job of updating, <laughs> updating mine for forever, but we have native B-roll and a B-roll library of that. And add those photos to it. Those are all things that are referenceable elements in the what you're doing that could be stuff that you include. So even if you have an ebook, you have a tablet, you have a phone, record yourself reading your stuff. You got a PDF of something that you're giving away for free, record yourself going through it and using it. If you have kids, nieces, nephews, a spouse of some sort, a friend, anybody can hold the camera. You set up the settings, put them in your spot, say, can you hold this for me? I'd be like, I don't know anything. That's great. Just hold it and just do this slightly, just a little bit, just, just like that. Show them, show them exactly how. Have them try it and do it like three or four times. That's it. Especially like on the days where you're just recording stuff like keyboards and all of that. Promise you have somebody that can help you with this. And, and, and in an upcoming episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about why you need to be doing a vlog because there's just some things, some elements of marketing content material that you're going to need, use, and wish that you had that is only going to come from a vlog. And it goes beyond just the marketing stuff, but we'll talk about that in a future episode. That's where I'm gonna leave it for this week's episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. If you've been getting value out of this and you have not left a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts, I don't know how YouTube is gonna handle this in the future, but over on Apple Podcasts, can you please go over, scroll down, click on the Video Simplified Podcast, hit that five stars. If you've left one in the past, get an updated one. Put it in there. What did you learn, love, and like out of these episodes? Let me know. I really, 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 really want to see way more ratings and reviews on the podcast. But that's where I'm going to leave it for this week's episode. And so I love to end all of them. The winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sails. That guy's with passion. I'll see you on the next episode of video simplified podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.